Women Taking the Lead, episode 236. Whenever anything happens, it's taking 100% responsibility. Um, And it's just, it's crazy how, I mean, you can apply it to relationships, to your team, to to client relations. um, And it feels really good. And it always, always allows the other person to have some space and to also take 100% responsibility. That's kind of the concept. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Megan Watson, who is a personal stylist and founder at Watson Style Group, a firm dedicated to creating wardrobes that practically hand you your outfit every time you get dressed so you feel the way you want and love the way you look. She has nearly a decade of experience supporting amazing women to feel great in their clothes so they're empowered to stand out and speak up. She solves the unending question of what should I wear today so your energy is reserved for your family, fulfilling work, and fun. I love that. She lives in Chicago with her son, husband, and chocolate lab. Megan, it is such a pleasure, such an honor to have you on, but you and I both know this is the tip of the iceberg of who you are in the world, so if you could, tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure, I'd love to. Um, you saying from Chicago, it's it, we're headed there next week. We, that's where we're from. That's where we're going. Um, but we split our time between there and Telluride. So you just kind of reminded me that I have one week left here um, to enjoy these fall colors. And then we're headed to headed back to Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you how we got started um, and kind of what that what it looks like right now, because it hasn't always been this way. Um, but you know, like in terms of humble beginnings, our business is, our, our business definitely wasn't as pretty as it is now. Um, I was a one woman show for probably th- about three years before I had any help. Um, and my o- only reason why I hired that first employee is because I physically couldn't handle our work anymore. I was pregnant with our first child and carrying boxes and lugging clothing around just wasn't feasible. Um, and what happened is that we hired, what happened to kind of get to the vision we have right now is that we hired a coach. We hired a business coach, was the which was the best thing we've ever done. Um, and that happened, we hired her right before I was about to have the baby. And at the same time, we had to let our, my assistant go. And we had um, six clients start in one month, which was a lot for us at the time. So it was just me and my husband, cause he went on maternity or paternity leave, excuse me, while I went back to work and we were getting like 30 boxes of clothing delivered to our house. Um, we were working out of our basement at the time and we'd ask little cousins to come over and help just deal with the recycling that was happening. Um, and it was, just, it was a really, really stressful time that we were operating this way. Um, lots of meltdowns. My son would be falling asleep on the floor cause I was 
trying to style, you know, as much as I could before boxes had to go out. Um, and like, we were literally doing everything and we don't have, um, we don't have a very simple business model because there's a lot of logistics, but today looks so much different. Um, but because of kind of how we started, it's, I get these moments. I even had one this morning where I have such relief that we have stylists that service clients now. It's not just me. We have a shipping manager that does all the logistics and gets client their, gets our clients their clothing. Um, and it's not happening out of our basement, which is another huge win. Um, so it's, it's kind of looking back on this. It was kind of a cool thing to look back on because I really like I can really truly not understand how we survived, but obviously we did to be where we are now. So it is amazing sometimes when you look back and go, how did I do all of that? Like you were just <laughs> in the trenches, just doing it day by day. But that's the thing when when you're in the beginning of your business and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's also very exciting, you know, and that adrenaline and that rush, that new excitement, like can get you through a lot of those initial hurdles in your business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think that's the only explanation for how it, for how it worked out as well as it did. Right. And you and I had a chat, a chance to chat like a couple months ago about your business and your business model. And what blew me away was how customized your business was. And now to hear you describe what it was in the beginning, I'm like, Oh <laughs> my, my God, you have to have loved what you were doing to do that as well. Oh, absolutely. I love it more than anything. And that's why that's why at the beginning, we really needed a coach, because they were like, you really will do this for free, won't you? And I was like, absolutely, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and that won't grow your business. I love it. Good decision. And Megan, obviously, you've you've come a long way from those early days, you, you're well into, you know, beyond the decade point in your business, and you've had experience with this. Um, and I appreciate like hearing the story of how you started. The next story I want to ask you about has to do with self-doubt, right? We all have, have experienced the uh, playing small moment at some point in our life where we just didn't recognize our value or what, what we were capable of. And so we held ourselves back. And oftentimes it's, it's later on in retrospect where we were like, oh, I could have handled that. Why did I, why did I think, you know, I wasn't capable. So if you could share with us one of your playing small stories and the lessons you've learned from it. Mm hmm. So the aha around this story actually just happened a, a few months ago. So it's a it's a fresh one for for me. Um, so I personally do about 15 styling sessions a month. These are essentially our sales calls. So people who are interested in our service can do a complimentary styling session with me. Um, the founder to see if they're a good fit, if we're a good fit to serve them. So these sessions are super valuable. And if someone doesn't work with us, they still have, you know, a series of ahas on the call. Um, and everyone really enjoys them. And, and what happened is that we wanted to increase the number of leads that we were getting. So what happened when we had this, when we're like, okay, just to up to up the number of leads, let's just incentivize people to take these calls. So I realized that we were practically begging people to sign up for these styling sessions. So it's like, if you sign up for one, you'll get our free shopping guide or our closet cure. We just, 
you know, and these were already free sessions. So what happened is that people were signing up who really just wanted complimentary styling work, not who wanted to work with us. And that was completely our fault. Um, and the worst part is even though these were feeling really bad, I was still giving 75 minutes to them to style them. And because there was so much, there was such a lack of clarity around these sessions, people were asking if they could find up to do another free session with me. Um, I was so mortified that one, our strategy backfired, but also that I had shrunken myself and the business so much that the CEO felt small enough to do these sessions that we were just like handing out like candy at a parade. Um, and the big realization, I mean, and it was, it was a pretty painful experience, especially after the first month of doing these, cause they are really draining. I mean, you hold the space for someone for 75 minutes. Sometimes they're emotional cause we're talking about body issues and dressing and all of this. And I just realized it wasn't serving anyone. I can't make a big enough impact on a woman's life in 75 minutes. Um, in the hopes of making a sale, it actually ended up affecting our sales quite negatively. It affects my family, my energy. Um, it drains us administratively because my team has to schedule them and then send reminders and so on. So what happened after this like really small, I mean, definitely had a big shame response to it. Like it felt really icky, the whole experience, um, was that I just had to change the intention behind these sessions. So we still offer complimentary sessions. That's been our business model for years now. Um, but we don't, we don't incentivize. It wasn't worth incentivizing just to increase our leads. So it's, it's, they're there for women who are serious about working for us. And, and it, the aha was that we had to be clear about that. It's like, I was afraid to say, if you're serious about changing your life, if you're serious about um, um, having a closet full of good to go outfits that turned you into your best and bravest self, like I was scared to kind of set that bar because I was afraid it would scare people or, you know, or kind of be too presumptuous that, oh, people would want to get on the phone to, to sincerely learn how to work with us. So what happens is with this intention, I felt, I have felt so much more respected. And now these calls are done with another amazing woman on our team. And someone can talk to me for 30 minutes if they want to meet the creative team behind their work and so on. And it's just, so the price of paying small, this was kind of my biggest lesson is so large <laughs> that if you can realize it early by noticing how things make you feel, then you're at a huge advantage. Everything in your business should make you feel like you're the best at what you do, like you're this precious gift to your clients. And if that's not happening, then you may be playing small and there's you can stop it. You can stop it as quickly as possible. Megan, that was pure gold, what you said and what you shared. There were so many takeaways from that. One is, you know, because I come across a lot of people who are feeling this way because right now, you know, content is king and people are giving stuff away for free and they're you know, giving away their $3,000 course for $150 if you sign up for this other program, right? And it's it's mm -hmm. like chaos out there. It feels like the Wild West. I, I don't love that term, but that's what came to mind. But there's mm -hmm. like, so people feel like they have to shrink and they have to give away more for free in sort of to incentivize. And what's happening is exactly what you're describing. You start attracting people who aren't interested in paying for your services because they don't see the value in it. Why would they pay for something mm -hmm. that you are giving away for free 
And I love how you switched it around and changed the language of it to the point where now, like, you're not the person doing the freebie session. You're now the person who's part of the customer experience for people who've already paid. And instead of 75 minutes, it's a half an hour, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's totally worth it. And the people who are even doing the freebies, they have already, we've, we've given them what they need to, to know that, okay, I'm getting on this freebie because I want to work with them. That's the biggest difference. We've given them testimonials. We've given them, and that wasn't happening before. We're just like, Hey, come on, take an hour of the CEO's or 75 minutes of CEO's time and learn about what we do. I, I can't be educating people one-on-one anymore. Our business has grown beyond that. And it's, I mean, it's a great thing, but it was definitely just, oh, a learning experience to say the yes. least. And you gave us all a rule of thumb. Like, so whoever's listening, I, you know, I know like, for I should say for those of you who are listening, like mm-hmm. take this away. If you are doing something and it doesn't make you feel good or valued, you are probably playing small. That's yeah. a quote from Megan Watson. <laughs> Hashtag that. <laughs> awesome. And Megan, you know, you've been growing your team. Now, from what I'm hearing, you started as it was just you and your husband and your little cousins helping you to break down the recycling <laughs> and get it out. And now you have professionals in your business who are good at what they do. So you, you know, you, you have really adapted your business to a team how would you describe your leadership style? Hmm. So my leadership style is definitely evolving every single day. But I think the one thing I, not I think, the one thing I do try and do every day that's my intention is to give credit to my team multiple times a day. Um, if anything good happens, which is happening multiple times a day, I'm mindful to take the time to send it out to who is responsible for this awesome thing that's happened. And I can just see how I didn't always do this. And because I felt like I didn't have time or I didn't notice, I didn't realize what an impact it would make. But anything that happens, I take a second to share them, whether it's texting everyone or sending a whole team email and just saying, awesome, Emily, awesome, Kelsey, whoever whoever did it. And then it's, it's just brought in such, I would say a higher quality of work from people. Um, and it seems so duh, but it does, it takes time and kind of a conscious effort to whenever those good things do happen to kind of send it back out to the team and, and pay credit where credit's due. Yeah. Like you said, you have to be mindful about this. And there have been studies done that people get more, motivated, engaged, and they feel more fulfilled at work in environments where they are appreciated versus overly compensated. So people Mm. will never say, I don't want more money, right? Because they they will always say, yes, if you give me more money, I'll do a better job. But the way it plays out actually is, you know, people do need to earn a certain amount of money, right? In order to, you know, survive and live and, and have a good life. But above and beyond that, the more money you throw at them, it doesn't incentivize them at all. And what they're what they're finding in these incentive programs and companies is that it's not working. What is working at that point is appreciation because that's what people mm-hmm. want. They want to be seen. They want to be recognized and they want their good work to be connected to the overall goals of the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to make an impact. Boom, right there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and Megan, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, um, so in July, we launched a membership subscription styling service. Um, this allows, so people who are members to our subscription service can get unlimited access to this crazy talented team I've been talking about um, for a monthly fee. It's something that we've wanted to do for about eight years, <laughs> but the timing was never right. Um, and the thing is, is that the numbers for the subscription service aren't where we need them to be, but the members that we do have are so happy. And I can sincerely say that I've had the most fun doing this project that I've had in years because it allows me to service, um, to service clients, which I don't always get to do because I have a, I have stylists who, who get to jump in and do the work as well. Um, but so this has been really exciting. It's like, that's what I, when I wake up in the morning, that's what I'm thinking about. And I'm like, ah, yes, membership. We got to grow membership because it's so much fun. Yeah. And what does your membership service look like? It's a group environment right now. And what it looks like is that when they come in, they get a custom blueprint from us on how to build their wardrobe. So kind of our philosophy is that the reason why people, while so while so many other personal styling services aren't meeting expectations or why people come to us with complaints after after trying so many venues is that it's not one-on-one, it's one size fits all. So when they come in, they get a one-on, a custom explanation, a custom blueprint of how to develop their personal style what it would look like. And then they have access to all of the stylists. So we have quite, we have people asking questions 24 hours a day about, okay, I need a green blazer. Where should I buy it? And we go and we look at their size, their body, who they are, their style statement. We have, we know where they work. I mean, we really get to know them and then we find their blazer for them. And so it's a lot of personal shopping, but at this higher we're building this vision for this executive woman level. I love that because I got to tell you, I know I have friends who just love shopping and it's like, it can be an all day affair, but I go shopping when I'm like, I need this. All right. I'm going <laughs> to have to go, <laughs> go get that. And it can be so uh-huh. frustrating because I'm the type of shopper where I'm like, okay, I need a flowy top. That's this color. And I will go shopping like, specifically for that. And you can imagine that can be very frustrating. But if I had a stylist, they could probably talk me into something else. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um yeah, it's it's satisfying when you post like even yesterday I came across something cool um because I was shopping for someone actually for myself and I posted it in the group and then it's just so cool to see all the people say, purchased it, purchased it, purchased it. And we are so not about overconsumption. We are more less is more and quality over quantity. Um I'm very mindful about waste, but when you're telling people to per- make mindful purchasing decisions, it's just it's a good feeling. Yeah. And I'm sure you're researching because you're you're what you're suggesting are quality products that will last. Oh, absolutely. Though the intention is when someone works for us for a year that they've built this foundational wardrobe that they can use for years and years. That's our goal because I don't want we're um we're all about, you know, quality um seasonless pieces and not fast fashion that's disposable. So, yeah. Oh, nice. And Megan, 
What do you, on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? And there may be an opportunity for coaching here. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would definitely have to say that this this membership group, this this subscription service, is so our biggest challenge right now. Um, it's interesting because it's it seems like it's so easy to get women to enroll in our in our higher end packages, and of course that's because we've been doing it for so long. But now that we have this membership group, it's it the ease isn't there. It's like, well, so we're at this two ninety seven price point and getting people to understand what it's about. Cause I've been doing a lot of market research on why the conversion isn't what, where it's at. And I've gotten such great feedback. Like, you know, I didn't understand what it's like to enroll. I don't understand what, you know, really what it's all about and it's new. So that makes sense, but we just haven't really hit our numbers. The numbers just really aren't where they, where they need to be, even though kind of the success of the group is there, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So the people who have joined are very happy that they joined. Oh, beyond. Yeah. Okay. And are you sharing the testimonials that you get from the group with the people who are considering? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. We haven't, we haven't made that. We haven't like captured because it's been so, so quick. We haven't captured that and gotten that out there, but um, that's kind of next on our list. I've, I've been showing, I've been doing kind of these virtual walkthroughs of the group. So if they read really quickly, they can see what people have been saying. Yeah. But, um, no, I would say that the te- we haven't, we haven't kind of translated people's experiences to potential buyers. Okay. This is really great. Cause you are saying the membership is so new and, and this is commonly the frustration when something new opens. And I had the same experience. Like there were people who were just like, almost like, like their noses pressed up against the window and they were like, as soon as this opens, I'm going to be in. Right. And so you open the doors uh-huh. and you get a flood of people and then it's like plateaus and there's nobody joining and that is what happened yep and so what happened was have you ever seen the TED talk by Simon Sinek um where he talks about your why and he talks about apple it sounds so familiar but it must have been a while ago yes he talks about the golden circle but another he, he has all these flip charts going but another flip chart he does which I have always found fascinating and I was like oh my god that explains so much to me he talks about how there's this almost like a bell curve but instead of a learning curve it represents how quickly people buy into something so there are the early adopters and these are the people who love you they get what you're about they get your mission they get your values they get what you do so as soon as you offer a new product or service, they want to buy it. They're in. So those were the people who rushed through the doors as soon as you opened up. And then there are, there's a next phase of people. I'm blanking on what he called them or what they labeled them. But now you're getting into the middle zone of people who are like, "Mm, I'm not sure. I want to wait till the early adopters have tried it out, broken it. It's kind of like when Apple releases a new product, there are people who buy it right away, even knowing it's going to have bugs, but they want to be the first ones there. So they do it. And then there's the rest of us who kind of hang back and we're like, okay, as soon as they fix all the bugs and they make it better, (laughs) I'll join. And I want to hear from the people who bought the product to, to find out what they thought about it. So in this next wave of people, they need to really understand what the experience will be like 
when they're on the other side. So that's why testimonials and walkthroughs and as much information or an experience as you can give them of what it will be like on the other side, the more quickly they will buy. Mm-hmm. You're so speaking my language with this curve because consumer behavior is my background. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. I didn't even think about that. But after the early adopters, you get early majority and then late majority. Yes. So you're looking at like 60% of people almost half are going to come in once that social proof, yeah. I guess is how I would label yes. that is able to kind of tell them, hey, come join us because this is working. Yes. And in the late adopters, they'll be the ones who will resist, resist, resist. They're the people who say, like, (laughs) I've been following you for two years. I don't know why I didn't hire you sooner. I didn't buy your service. (laughs) Like you hear that every now and again. They like and it always makes me laugh because I know where they are. And it gives me a lot of information about who they are as a buyer, too. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so that that's really fun. So, yes. So like you're on the right track and you're doing everything to get there. But follow up with me. I'm 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 dying to hear like how this looks in like a month or so. If like the numbers started ticking up. Okay, I will. Cool. Okay, Megan. Now we're going to do the quick leadership roundup. So tell us what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Is definitely taking 100% responsibility 100% of the time. So that's just something I read from, I learned from the book, The Big Leap, probably a few years ago. But um, it's, yeah, it's whenever anything happens, it's taking 100% responsibility. Um, And it's just, it's crazy how, I mean, you can apply it to relationships, to your team, to, to client relations. um, And it feels really good. And it always, always allows the other person to have some space and to also take 100% responsibility. That's kind of the concept. Yeah, you know what I found in relationships? Not like this is like maneuvering or anything like that, because you really do have to genuinely take 100% responsibility, because if you're only saying it to get the other person to move, it won't work. But when mm-hmm. you take 100% of the responsibility and you apologize, it actually makes it easier for other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. And it's amazing, and then you can move forward. Right. And it's okay if you can't do it right when the uh, situation happens. It's okay if you need a day or two to be like, okay, I can take 100% responsibility. (laughs) But as long as you get there genuinely, like you said, it's it's a really fantastic freeing practice. It is. And I agree with you. Like some, it isn't going to always happen right away. And it's actually better to wait if you can't genuinely do it. Like don't, Mm -hmm. don't do it because you know, it's the right thing. Cause that's not sincere. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And Megan, what advice would you give your younger self? So I would give, this is my undergraduate self. So when I'm in when I was in college, I would tell myself to stop being fueled by success, if at all possible, to stop being fueled by success. Um, just realizing that it's not healthy. Um, and, and really, you know, I, I'd want to tell myself what my mom, what my mom tells her students and what, you know, she tells us all the time now, but it was maybe too long ago, but the joy should be in the process of learning, not in the receiving of an A. And I think that that applies to business so much. The joy should be in the process of, in my example, figuring out membership, not having 
you know, 200 members join off of one call, it should, the joy should be in the process. And I think if I would have learned that 15 years ago, um, I don't know, I, I think there would have been more enjoyment through struggles for me. Yeah. And I think there are, are a lot of people listening who can totally relate to that, where we get so focused on the end result, the end goal that we don't enjoy the process mm-hmm. or we forget the, like we, we hit our goal and we're just like, okay, that's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're going to move on to the next one. Oh, yeah. Such a good lesson. And now Megan, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Okay. So my mantra, and I, this is one that I always go to, but I have mantras written all over our house, bathroom mirror, <laughs> on top of the kitchen sink, the, the fridge. But um, mine is definitely, we're not given dreams or ideas without the ability to create them. And we're not given a vision of ourselves without the drive and bravery to bring this vision to life. All you must do is remind yourself that you're worth it over and over and over and over. Um, and I, I would say I probably think about this at least once a day that you're not, that the ability is there. You're, you're not given the vision or the dream or the idea without the ability. And I really, truly believe that. And so it just makes it possible to get through times that are so incredibly difficult. And lastly, Megan, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Mm, Definitely our website, watsonstylegroup.com. It is where they can get all of those freebies that you talk about. Um, It's where they can just learn about us. We have a really cool shopping guide. So our website is the best place to come and say hi and ask a styling question and so on. I love it. And for those of you who are listening and on the go, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And you can find Megan's show notes page by putting her name, her first name in the search bar. And she spells her name M-A-E. G-A-N. And Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Ah, Thank you, Jody. This was so fun. The pleasure is all mine. All right. If you have found yourself spinning your wheels and not getting results, it's likely because you have not cultivated the mindset and level of awareness that will take you there. My book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing, is a simple step-by-step system that gives you the foundation and the structure to take a goal and make it happen. Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplish to get your copy so you can start easily achieving the results you want to have. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.